Yes, it's me, Mark Stone, and this is the Backseat Driver Podcast. I'd like to welcome to the Backseat Driver Radio Show a fine yeah. young fellow called Joel Mutton. I'm here with like Joel at the Bister Heritage Centre. Uh, it's been a fantastic day out. Uh, Joel, welcome to the Backseat Driver Radio Show. Yeah, good afternoon, Mark. Lovely to meet you, yeah. Now, you claim to be the car collector who isn't a car collector, who has 35 cars, a complete cross-section of vehicles. Yeah. How, how did all this come about? Um, well, it all sort of happened by accident, really. Um, father had uh, been in the motor business in Oxford, um, selling sort of used cars, ordinary sort of bread-and-butter cars for sort of regular people bless them and um somewhere on the line sort of you know if interested little cars used to come along and they used to be kept um <laughs> and the trouble with cars they're quite big they're not like watches and things that you can squirrel away in drawers and this that and the other and they do take up a bit of room uh the first car my dad gave me was in 1977 uh he took a mark one jaguar in part exchange and it was the mark one which is with the you know the first unitary construction um monocoque uh, so that would be like the one in uh, in Endeavour the uh, Jaguar it is that one yeah 10 out of 10 to you because obviously you're a car man <laughs> so you know it's not the one that Inspector Morse um, drove later on as he was an older guy but uh, exactly the same one I think there's only 60 or something left now on that uh, on that website how many left and I must put in I have driven one it's a long while ago and I drove one once yeah. and it's it really is like driving a the saloon version of an XK120 they are very similar a little in, bit in how they drive and how yeah, they feel it's sort of rather like stirring a very thick pudding yeah um, <laughs> that old Moss gearbox I mean it wasn't the most exciting thing on the planet uh, but you've I mean you've got a tip your hat to William Lyons I mean what he did and for the price yeah. was phenomenal I mean people were charging same say Asda Martin the other manufacturers for a car it was probably not a million miles away in quality for like three times the price well I not mean, only, I mean it's like the E-Type yeah. Jag Ferrari hated the E-Type even though Enzo said there's no yeah. beautiful car in the world exactly but you got Ferrari performance for about a third of the price I know it's exactly that um, so that was the first car and I've still got it and over time, I then got into Jensen's. Um, aged about uh, 14, I bought my first Jensen. Quite young, isn't it? I, I know. Uh, <laughs> I used to sell cans of Coke and bars of chocolate and hacksaw blades, gardening gloves and cigarette lighters uh, at school. Uh, it was the cigarette lighters that sort of brought it to an end. Uh, the headmistress, lovely lady called Sylvia West, um, she said it was wonderful I was selling things because I was showing entrepreneurial flair. Yeah. Um, which was fantastic. And she actually said it was cool, even though I was undercutting the school tuck shop. Anyway, I made about £500 one over, I don't know, over a couple of year period, which was, yeah, it was quite good. I used to go to school every day with this big bag, and everyone used to think, oh, he's clever, all those books, but it was actually full of cans of Coke and this, that, and the other. And, uh, comestibles. Exactly. And she let it carry on, but it hit the fan slightly when I bought a job lot of um, faulty return cigarette lighters. <laughs> gassed them all up and a young lad blew his eyebrows off in the reading room and then I sort of put a bit of a break on it by then Uh, but by then I'd made I don't know five six hundred pounds and a guy that used to work for my dad who's sadly no longer with us um, Noel Ponty lovely guy I mean when he when he died I mean there must have been a thousand people at his funeral certainly more than I'll have at mine I'll probably have to get up to central casting to sort of boost the numbers up with mine you'll have all the car dealers exactly yeah crying the right Uh, he had this Jensen that he bought off a guy uh, who was actually a sausage he used to make sausages 
and he, he, he bought it off a bookie down in Southampton because the number was 4MKE and this guy was called Michael Edel anyway he bought the car for the plate didn't, didn't want the car um, Noel bought the car and I bought the car from for £550 a fake fur coat and a sack of potatoes <laughs> and I still got that car uh, and it turned out later it was the 69 motor show car and I was born in 69 which is nice and number 13 which probably accounts for the fact that you know it's cut out a few times and nearly caught fire and everything so uh, I don't and it's uh, yeah, so they didn't, got put, it. they didn't put any extra effort into the show car then <laughs> uh, no bless them I mean it was an amazing car and incredible how that little company in the, you know in the Midland West Bromwich there brought that amazing machine out really I mean it's unbelievable how they did it yeah um, I think really they made too many uh, and then obviously they got involved with the Jensen Healy and the fuel crisis and all the rest of it and people with long hair and bell bottoms going on strike every other week <laughs> and that was the end of that and the end of the British motor industry as we knew it as Germany was sort of accelerating away and um, we were sort of going down the tube so to speak but um, got the Jensen then I got into Porsches um, quite an enthusiast on Porsche 911s um, bought my first 911 it was a 1971 but it had been financed as a 79 turbo in those days there was no computers mm. people used to finance cars they'd ring up and say oh I've got a such and such you know how much are you going to loan on that oh I'll stick your finger in the air 10 grand yeah. they repoed it and found out it was a 1970 that had been like 3 litre RS bodied that's yeah. what they used to do in those days you'd get an old 1979 and make it look like a turbo yeah. I mean people you know it's unthinkable now <laughs> you chop up a 1970 car but they were just bangers so that was when I got into Porsches, um, then I sort of later on got into Ferraris, and along the way all the other makes. But well, the thing is, you've never parted with them, have you? That's the problem. <laughs> uh, cars, being an enthusiast uh, and a car dealer, they don't sit well together because you're supposed to get rid of them. Yeah, that's the general concept. Isn't that's it? where I lost you the plot. cheap, sell it high, yeah. and then go again. That's where I lost the plot. Um, if there, were, if there was a plot but it was cool I mean these interesting little cars used to come along and I'd you know keep them and and all of a sudden you look around and you think you've got 12 cars and you've got like 35 and, and the storage <laughs> is the issue um, we had a garage in Cowley for when we started my father started it in the 60s and we actually it was three years ago this month I retired and we sold the land to one of the colleges and they built this huge block on it student, yeah. student block um, we got paid rather nicely for it so um that was another thing when that went suddenly it was loads of cars on the forecourt yeah. that I'd sort of collected over the years that I had to put in storage and storage is is expensive Yeah, you know I've got about I don't know 15 or 20 at home luckily I've got a nice big garage at home but there was the overflow so last year I did have 35 I got rid of about 10 and I'm still sort of reeling from it not from the fact that I practically gave them away just the fact I didn't really want to get rid of any of them. Well, you were saying you lose sleep over it. I know. I literally have to sleep on one certain side, otherwise I'll start thinking about them. I mean, that is real. A psychiatrist could do a whole seminar on that, I'm sure. You don't mind me asking, what did you get rid of? Oh, I don't even want to think about it. There was a Jensen Healy in there, uh, which is which really I hate the Jensen Healy because it was one of the reasons that Jensen went down the tubes. Um, Donald um, Campbell did a deal on the train with Colin Chapman to buy this unproven two-litre twin-cam engine. And Jensen became like Lotus's R&D department. Yeah. And all these cars came back with these head gaskets done, and then they changed the engine, I think, to 2.2 or something, and eradicated the problem. But the head gaskets went on them. So poor old Jensen had all these warranty claims on this engine that wasn't even really their engine. Yeah. And that sort of helped tip them over the edge, so to speak. And obviously the fuel crisis and all the rest of it. But um, 
there was a Healy in there, there was a 600 SL V12 SL Merc in there, it was a 95 one which massively regret getting rid of that, there was a Super V8 X350 Jag which they only made 600 of them a lovely marina coupe. I know the words "lovely" and "marina" don't really sit terribly well together. But do you, do you know it? One of the rarest yeah. classic cars in the country yeah. is the marina. Well, it, it's not a Ferrari. Luckily, it's. I think the problem is Top Gear kept luckily, dropping in on. that barn or whatever it was. There was another marina that I had, and it was a 1.8 TC coupe, and it was a one-owner car, 36,000 miles, supplied by. Hartwell's up the road here back in 73 never been painted all totally original story. MGB engine yep still got the hand painted gold coach line and I always say it's the Cowley GTO <laughs> and that's when the people with the ambulance turn up with the white coats on usually <laughs> but what a lovely old thing I know they're weird to drive yeah it's literally like being dragged down the road on a plank of wood but what a cool old thing I mean you rock up at any car show I mean you've got all the exotica lined up there and that damn thing people are drawn to it because obviously they can a lot of people are more associated. Well, they relate to it. Their dad, exactly. they dad, they dad My dad had one of those, yeah. or the neighbour had one, or something. Uh, that's a super, super duper little thing that survived. It was an M5 E39 in there that, that survived. Um, I had bids on them, but there was a Clan Crusader in there that I bought. I'd always wanted a Clan since I was a little kid. I was always thought they were quite cool little cars. And a lot of people, they're not. A lot of people get it wrong. They think they're kit cars, but they were actually built in Washington. In, a, U, in, a, in the UK, not the, the thing one was, in America. They, they were powered by a Hillman Impet. Yeah, in a purpose-built factory by Paul Husser, who was ex-Lotus. Um, his grandfather uh, invented the Sadia water heater, so quite a wealthy sort of family. But the Newcastle, I don't know, council or board of trade or whatever, built this beautiful, that's still there uh, on the Crowther Industrial Estate, this fantastic factory. Yeah. All glass fronted, real cool building. I think mean, it's just uh, floral products or something now. And built this amazing little car. And I think, I don't know, VAT, and I think they had trouble with suppliers, all this, that, and the other. And that was, they only they made 315, and that was the end of that. But that was, I've got one of those, that was in the sale. I mean, they also made a fantastic little yeah. rally car, did the Clan Crusader? The, the Clan Crusader um, in the Isle of Man rally uh, with Andy Dawson and John Foden um, as uh, co pilot. Uh, they come second in the 1971 or 72 uh, Lombard um, Manx Rally. Yeah. After behind Roger Clark's uh, works escort. Yeah. Uh, doing a speed of 122 mile an hour. <laughs> I mean, I know these people. I know Paul, sir. I know John Fone. I know Andy. And it was doing 122 mile an hour in this little car. Yeah. You know, first out. I think uh, where it went a bit pear shaped, they had to fudge the chassis number slightly. <laughs> and I think. Somehow they'd suddenly made 700. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we you know, we're airbrush over that. Oh, but yeah. it, on, for its first outing and one of its most Ferrari famous po- outings. Ferrari and Porsche have pulled they, the homologation figures, so I they, think Clan are going to get about that. But the Clan's such a fantastic little car. Uh, it's quite a small, I mean, I'm not very big, but you tend to sort of feel like you're wearing it more than driving it. But um, beautifully designed, and it's great. I mean, I know Paul is a personal um, friend, Paul Hasil, created it. Yeah, John Fraylin designed it that um, worked on um, you know Lotus Europa and uh, Lola T70 and that so they had a good all the good people on board yeah and um, you know it should have done really well it probably could have done just doing a little bit bigger because it is quite quite small but it's you know it's another footnote in the motoring story so to speak and it's yeah. a cool little car so go on what else lurks within the uh, in the in the mutton stables uh, what else um, what else we got um I've got a Bentley Continental R that I bought 20 years ago. I mean, I've got personal friends with uh, John Heffernan who designed it. He also designed the Aston Martin Virage. 
I mean, they were like 200 grand new in 94. Um, I mean, it was the second most expensive car after the McLaren F1 back in period. They only made a thousand of them. They made two a week for about 10 years. Um, I paid about 50,000 for that car in 02, and it was like 200 new. Yeah. So it's unbelievable. Um, not very misunderstood sort of car, really. I mean, they are, you know, they've never taken off in value. I think it's probably anywhere of about probably 40 or 50 now, if you're lucky. Yeah. But what a lovely thing. I mean, I don't want to sell it at any rate. I'm not really bothered about values. It's not really what it's all about. But uh, beautiful cars. And my one, the first owner was uh, Stephen Hendry. Oh, uh, the snooker, snooker player. player. Yeah. Um, the boss of the sweater shop who used to sponsor him bought two. If you can imagine, 400 odd grand. He bought a vermilion red one for himself and the blue one Stephen had. And he had the number, I think, Q1 on it. I got a picture of him with the car. And I bought it off um, Warren Clark, the actor. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dowsel and Pasco. But I call it the Clockwork Orange car because obviously he drove the Droogmobile in, um, in Clockwork Orange. Yeah. And sadly, he's obviously no longer with us and that. So that's um, sort of adds to the history of the sort of car. Uh, a lot of people you say it was owned by. Warren Clark and he, for some reason everyone thinks it's Alf Garnet yeah. but um, it's not that was Warren Mitchell but you know you're sort of halfway right but beautiful otherworldly sort of vehicle so I've got that got my old Defender um, bought a nice orange sort of 997 the other day uh, the only orange one um, they only ever made one orange 997 um, 4S in 06 it's obviously been made since but at the time it's a very rare car because most people were just having silver, black, or yeah. blue, or whatever. So this is quite an incredible car. Bought that from Dick Lovett in Swindon. Um, what else? We got the RSP Coupress Mini. I've had that about 15 years. Got my Steve McQueen replica Mini. Has been to Goodwood twice now. Because you're saying the quite interesting in- thing is that that started out. Started as- <laughs> life as a studio too. Yeah. It always amused. It would have been two years ago today. It was at Revival at Goodwood in the Motor Show, moving mo- the Motor Show um, with Sky TV with Steve McQueen's personal cars and they used it again in 15 on the driver's walkway with his 275 GTB and some other look-alike ones but the amazing thing is I paid 50 quid for that car and it's been invited to Goodwood twice (laughs) and the lovely thing about Lord March when he invites you he also lashes you up with lots of tickets and lots of um, lots of nice food and drink and your nice little aluminium swing badge and you really get treated really well I mean yeah. they're having a bit of a bad time down there at the moment obviously with Covid and everything so I wish Lord March you know all the best because yeah. that is an incredible thing you know you get people coming along probably oh it's a bit samey but it's a bit like the original Top Gear with um, Clarkson Hamlin May people used to, we used to moan about that oh this is getting a bit long in the tooth but well, God do we miss those boys yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I'm afraid his replacement so. didn't quite work did uh, it? as soon as the boys went I I didn't ever watch it ever again. Yeah. Because I really, I'm sure they're not bothered. I remember James, I met James May and I met um, Jeremy since, and they said, well, at least I can sit and watch Top Gear on Sunday <laughs> night now, and someone else make a fool of themselves. But they, they, they were the dream team. Yeah. And obviously they've, they've tried to replicate it several times now, and I'm sure whoever's doing it now is doing a marvellous job. But I felt very connected with those guys because they were a proper car. I mean, Chris Harris is a proper car man, so you can't really bring him into that. But, and Matt uh, LeBlanc, I always thought, was actually not bad. I never watched it to be honest it might be my loss yeah you know maybe I was missing out maybe I was being too ruthless but I sort of drew that line in the sand like you do like a (laughs) big headed lunatic that that I probably am at times and I probably missed out on some good entertainment so maybe I'll probably come back to it later on like I do a lot of things I'm just watching the bridge at the moment on uh, 
BBC Four with the old Porsche and that, and that's like nine years old, and it's <laughs> taken me nine years to catch up with that. So maybe I'll watch the reruns, uh, Matt LeBanc in uh, 2030, if we're all still around, oh, yeah. all being well, as, as this terrible thing blows away anytime soon, hopefully. So what, what, what else? I mean, what are your favourite cars? Because, I mean, you select, it's an eclectic My all-time favourite car is one I'll never, ever own unless something bizarre happens, as my shares suddenly go screaming through the roof, which certainly isn't happening at the moment. Uh, is the McLaren F1 obviously yeah. and it's everyone's favourite and you, you sort of look back and think oh my god you know what was that £600,000 new at the time which was an astronomical amount in 94 I mean yeah. you'd have probably bought 12 semi-detached houses in Oxford for that sort of <laughs> money then um, but I was, I was I'm quite friends with um, Peter Stevens who designed you know, so with him only a couple of weeks ago at London Concourse and which, even I was talking to him. Even he, it's just incredible how the thing. It was like Fabergé egg on wheels, you yeah. know. And it's only a small car, yeah. But it's just it is incredible. That that would be my all-time yeah. favorite car. But as for favorite cars, I mean, I've never had any children, but I know people always say it's like picking your favorite kid. You know, you can't do it. Apparently, not. <laughs> well, you're, not I mean, I today know. today you're in an Aston Martin. I am. And the ironic thing is, this particular Aston Martin, which is a a, a lowly 06 Vantage. <laughs> You commented when you first saw when these first cars out, when I you didn't like absolutely them. Absolutely curled up like sort of a week old sandwich. I thought, oh my god, what the hell's that? And looking at it today, it looks lovely. Yeah. But when it come out, if it's not made in Newport Pagnell, I mean even the DB7, you know, a lashed up XJS, yeah. you know, in which it was really, but beautiful design by Ian Callum. Um, I mean, for any. For, for, for those who, for the listeners, we're actually sat looking at this Aston Martin now. It does now. look gorgeous, there, this And the other thing yeah. is, it, they don't look too big, really, no. do they? they, they they're the a manageable looks looking. too long. Yeah. Of that period, yeah. you look at it now, and it's it does look dated. Yeah. But that, all of a sudden, and I think they're even with the new Vantage. I've noticed they're trying to make the grill because when they come out with that real brutal new grill two yeah. years ago, there's even a company now that can retrofit you like this model Vantage grill on the new one. Oh, So there's obviously right. a lot of other people thinking the same. You yeah. know? Great looking car, the new Vantage, but the new grill, I don't know, it's a bit like when Ian Callum brought the new XJ out. I mean, he was under massive pressure from Jaguar to get rid of the pipe and slippers. Yeah. And in one foul swoop, they lost the DNA of Jaguar that William Lyons had created in, yeah. I don't know, 1930 I mean, we, we, we used to run XJS, and it really was yeah. a gentleman's club sports car. I know, it was a bizarre car, that Malcolm Sayer design, but it's only recently that it looks really good. That car's taken years to... I mean, after the E-Type, it was like, Christ, what the hell is this thing? You know, it was yeah. like a cigar on wheels, you know. It's like so weird with the buttresses and all yeah. the rest of it, but time's been kind to that one as well. But, um, yeah, all of a sudden it looks really good and they're such good value mm. you know they look good they sound good they're not very fast I mean it probably it struggles to sort of drag itself along really the early 4.3 <laughs> one you know but it does look the bizzo yeah you know and people love it and all the rest of it but, um, so yeah. I mean do you drive them all I mean I'm not, not, not really no are they, all, are they all rock can you get in everyone uh, turn the key and it'll go I try to sort of keep them a bit like that but you will find me if I'm driving around um, Oxford, taking the mum to the shops or something, you'll find me a Suzuki carry van, right. 1.3. <laughs> and don't knock it till you've tried one. They are fantastic. You've got the little sliding door. You're going to get your takeaway last night, your Chinese takeaway in the back there. Yeah. Job done. I've got a nice number on it, one BJX, so it's got a little bit of kudos. You don't find people knock on the window and say, I have a plumbing job for you or anything? No, not at the moment, no. Um, they're wonderful little things. You can whiz them in and out. Yeah. Um great driving position uh, and the gearbox 
Yeah. Snick, snick, snick. <laughs> you know, absolutely. If you could drop a Suzuki carry van gearbox into a new Ferrari, I think you'd have the perfect <laughs> And we cannot not mention that, really, because it was on your social media. You've bought your first brand new car. All the cars you've bought. first brand new car literally got finished. They finished making it last week. The Ferrari F8 Tributo in red. Um, I know people have all these silly colours and that, but it's the Ferrari. I did have a blue 328 back in 99 for about eight years, and it was a beautiful car. But I think a Ferrari, it has to be red. Hmm. It has to be. Um, did, you, did you go to the factory to spec it? I've been to the factory 14 times. I, the car so the was, comment was, he's actually not bought him one. again. <laughs> he's bought one at last. He's had all air biscuits. Now he can buy one. Uh, no, a pal of mine, uh, Roy Jones, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have been thinking about buying a new car. I mean, buying new cars was always for idiots uh, with depreciation and everything because obviously this one will depreciate because it's not a... Especially, you know, it's not a limited one. It's not a piece to. No, but I mean, if you play it right, and yeah. keep the miles down, etc. I shan't be selling it. It'll unless, plateau and then start you know, to go up a if little. If I become skint, then obviously it will have to go. Um, but at the moment, I've got no intentions. But only God knows. Ultimately, you know, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, sort of thing. <laughs> Um, the tribute. Somebody's already told him you bought a new Ferrari. Yeah. That's what that noise yeah. is. <laughs> I got the little plaque there on the bulkhead. And as luck would have it, when I do my selfie, it's on my best side as yeah. well. So, happy days. Um, You're not exactly a shrinking violet, are you, Joel Morton? No. No, I, I, although I'm quite a quiet sort of person, really. I'm all right once I know people. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they've sort of had it, really. Then they can sort of dodge and hide and do whatever they want. Really, then. But, um, no, so that's quite exciting because that literally lands... Next week, I think. Stratstone Wilmslow, that's where it's coming from. Oh, right. My part uh, of the world, to yeah. a degree. Yeah. Um, well, the only reason I say yeah. that, it's a bit further north than we are at the moment. I've only ever been on a train in, in my life in this country, or probably any other country, twice. Yeah. Once was to pick up my 360 from Greypool in Nottingham. And the second time was to go from my mate in Cardiff up to Stratstones to spec the Tributo. And yeah. that's the only... I only get on a train if there's a new Ferrari at the end of it. Right. Yeah. So that's the law. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, forget it. Public transport, don't want to know. Struggle with planes, but I'm not in that league where I can get on a private jet yet. So more scratch cards required, I think. But apart from the uh, little van, yeah. when you when you were knocking out uh, out and about, because I know you enjoy going to concours and uh, do. things like that. Do you have a particular You'll car? You'll normally that... find me on a manicured lawn. Right. Stepping out of yes. a Chrysler PT Cruiser. Oh, right. Because my pal Mark, usually I can sort of get him a ticket. Yeah. Mark drives straight in the champagne tent. Yeah. Happy days. <laughs> if you've got a car in tow, you are... You've had it. Pretty... Yeah. <laughs> you've had it. You are snookered. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, and the events you attend, the champagne will flow On those manicured lawns. I even take my own nail scissors sometimes <laughs> if the lawn's just a little bit out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you missed a bit. Get the old Atco gang mare out, kid all the Suffolk punch. You missed a bit. So when you when you acquire a car, yeah. what what do you look for? What is it that turns it's you on about that, it? It's like that nine nine seven that I bought um last November. Because it's been such a weird year this one. It's like Christ it's, well I was in co op yesterday and they got the Christmas Kinder Egg bloody chocolates out of I was like, Christ, where did that year go? All, uh, all the cheap tins of quality street yeah, and all yeah. now's the time to buy them. Exactly. <laughs> Is it is white chocolate, isn't it? No, it's gone off. Um, <laughs> anyway, I um, just something that grabs me. Yeah, it's funny actually because I bought me that that nine nine seven last year. My dad bought a 
well it wasn't brand new but it only done 800 miles uh, from Dick Lovett Swindon um, so I got no connection on commission uh, <laughs> a McCann we went to a Ferrari launch my dad warned us from the Ferrari showroom over to the um, Porsche showroom at Dick Lovett they got a fantastic setup over there and falls in love with this McCann and this is a man that's driven Jaguar XJ6s and he's driven Jaguars since 1959 yeah his first Jag was an XK120 when he was 19 and he had it on financing it was £315 like £5 a month or something when he married my mum he swapped it for a Mini which he then turned into a Cooper replica customised it way before Wooden Pickett and Radford and everybody were doing it yeah um, he, he, he did all the customising he like got Riley indicators and all sorts of fantastic done it whether you had the cables inside he turned it to handles and yeah incredible really got some lovely pictures of that car they drove to Spain and everything but um, that was um, yeah the, the Jaguar and that sort of lost a train of thought then wasn't it <laughs> We're talking about like your dad bought a Porsche, years of driving. Jaguar, oh, that's right, yeah. Bought a Porsche. Yeah, on you're gonna fr- have to stop plying me oh. with this champagne on, Mark. A, on a Ferrari launch. That's right. Wandered <laughs> yeah, across yeah. the road there. I bet. I bet the Ferrari dealership was absolutely delighted by that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but they're all. It's all. You could bugger off to the Porsche guys, but we own the Porsche guys yeah, anyway. Make so any fill your boots. <laughs> Sorry about the language. Anyway, lost. Literally lost the train of thought. There's all these people with mobile phones taking. I'll be over there in a minute. For the autographs. Anyway. <laughs> Dad buys this McCann, and getting back to that again, the Jags, my dad's been driving Jaguars without a brake since 59. Yeah. XJ6, 1968, didn't buy them new, so obviously he was driving them probably by 69. He's probably driving them 420G or something before then. Anyway, there isn't a nice new Jag. We took the F-Pace thing out, but it didn't quite have the, you know, the, you know yeah, didn't yeah. Really, wasn't really... Yeah, I won't say what we wasn't thought. Your I won't frock. say what we thought about it. Wasn't on blowing air. your frock up. No, exactly. No, no. Anyway, um, he fell in love with this McCann, which is probably only a warmed-over Audi. Anyway, so anyway, <laughs> whatever. We go to go and pick it. Up. I go to go and look at it. To show my mother, even though he'd already bought it. Anyway, and in the foyer was this beautiful orange um, 997 if you go on I won't plug their name anymore but anyway it was a lovely looking car Dick Lovett you were saying that was them yeah (laughs) go on their Facebook page there's a video of me on there picking up the car (laughs) and it's a lovely looking motor and apparently the guy that owned it had 200 Porsches yeah he owns a haulage company or something and he knows you know what's right and it had the lovely sport classic wheels net on it now this is a water cooled water called 911 now that is the antichrist yes when the 996 I'm, fr- I'm from out, the era where 911s were I've had the 911s since 1984 I've not had many but all, when the 996 come out with those horrible boxed headlights yeah. and yeah, horrendous contraption after the 993 I mean the 993 was automotive Fabergé egg yeah 996 looked like a fried egg yeah you know it's like <laughs> what a load of old nonsense anyway I see this 997 I fell in love with the damn thing didn't yeah. I yeah bought it beautiful car great reactions but even to this day I do still feel like I'm a bit of a fraud driving a water called 911 I do, yeah. I do struggle with it but it does look nice in the garage so that was that one yeah so but do you do you enter any of your cars into the concourse no not really because I always think that's a great way of ruining an afternoon you know yeah. I'm in somebody I'm in some old tosspot walking around the car with a clipboard pulling it to pieces it's not my idea of having fun I did do it back in the early days I remember entering that uh 911E with a 3 litre RS body yeah. kit on it at, uh, oh God, where was it? Um, Stoner Park in 1989. Yeah. And it got absolutely shredded. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, it was just, and I, 
no never again even yeah. if i had the noise it's all right if you're absolutely loaded you know and you've got you've just had some mega restoration done yeah. although tell a lie uh in the late 70s my dad used to take the mark one jack to jdc concourses oh yeah and I used to enter it in the Mark 1 section. Now, remember, there was not many Mark 1s around, so yeah. you normally stood a pretty good chance of winning something. Yeah. Um, so you edged your bets. Yeah. <laughs> there was always... There was never more than three. There would yeah. be, like, I don't know, 100 Mark 2s, yeah. and there was always, like, three Mark 1s. So you'd always either come... Never did come first, but you'd always come second, third, or fourth, or fifth. Yeah. And then something happened in the early 80s called the Blank Check Restoration. Yes. Where people used to stroll into these places, flop it on the table, a bush. I remember this Burgundy one appeared... You know, he had all the correct transfers on the washer bottle and all the rest of it, and that was the end of that. Yeah. So I did come second, third, fourth, and fifth uh, in that, in exactly that order. Yeah. And I remember going up to collect the trophy. I mean, I'm not much, not much taller now, but I remember them looking around. Oh, here he is. He's down there. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the trophy. And his little lad there with his red trousers. And I was always quite snazzy. My mum always used to kick me out in all the gear. And they, they were some good memories, yeah. yeah. But that, that that would probably be the... the, the no, I wouldn't want to you do don't, it. Because no. I know you were 10 concourse because you were at the Hampton it's Court It's like one. sport. I'm not into sport. Yeah. I've never watched a football match in my life. I watched Oxford United once, but somebody told me it's not football. So, <laughs> yeah, I've never actually seen a football match. The only thing I know about football is George Best used to drive a Lotus Europa. Yeah. You know, I like David Beckham and Myron as a human being. He's a cool guy. He's, he's a car man. But other than that, I know nothing. Yeah. I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> now, you knew for already aside yes what is missing from the mutton collection uh, do you, well, that do, Mercedes do, 600 SLV do you not I know sold. until you've seen it the Mercedes 600 SL I sold I would really like to get that back so yeah. if anyone knows who owns N105 UVV I'm sat here with a checkbook <laughs> or backs transfer do you want to sell it me back <laughs> That's the only car at the moment that's burning away. Yeah. One that I actually owned that I regretted selling. Yeah. Very much so, yeah. Very, very sad about that, yeah. But a lot of your cars, shall we say, are slightly more modern cars, okay, late 50s. Mm. Do you have any interest in, like, the vintage cars? Are there any vintage? No, I can look at them going? and admire them. Um, but I'm a bit of a bit of a lightweight, shall we say. Yeah. Uh, me and my friend, we bought a Mark Six Bentley and drove to Le Mans um, about four years ago in it. Yeah. And I never realised how far Le Mans was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know you get there you're not smiling it's where your face has been blown back off the top of your head yeah <laughs> and when you break down at Reading in three in the morning and the AA man follows you all the way back to Bampton in Oxfordshire because he's a really nice guy whoever that guy is if he's listening and we owe you a big point uh, no because there's no you've got to be able to know how to get your hands dirty you've yeah. got to know what spark plugs are I mean I'm alright at washing a car and fitting a set of number plates. Yeah. Um, I did try to get a bit interested in mechanics, but my dad said you never see a rich mechanic. I'm sure there's many rich mechanics <laughs> around now, but that we're talking about the 1970s. So I just never got interested in yeah. it, you know, getting my hands dirty, you know, it's like, nah. So you were talking about mechanics. Do you do you have a favoured mechanic that looks after you? I've got a lovely else? guy. Do they get farmed uh, out yeah, here and a, there? I've got two, two chat, well, several. Um, I've got Stuart Bitmead at SB Race, who's been doing my Ferrari. Uh, for about 15 years he's superb he's over in Aylesbury there he even looks after Mick Jagger's F40 yeah even Mick's thrifty yeah you know he's not going to go into the main deal by the way you do, know, you do know this new one you've bought will have to go into a main deal well that's the wonderful thing it's free seven year servicing on a new Ferrari alright so seven years it's going seven year five year <laughs> servicing five year warranty and seven year servicing all yeah. the other way around which is nice because that will save you a bloody fortune <laughs> you know. 
Um, that is fantastic. You would say fortunes on that. Yeah. I mean, the Ferrari charge you a contemplation fee. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that coffee you get when you come in, you are paying for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that is five grand. Yeah. That is on the receipt somewhere, you know, under <laughs> WD-40 square, you know, £10. <laughs> but um, he's fantastic. Stuart Bitmead, uh, a guy called Ian Horn. Uh, he's a little bit slow now. You do need to nudge him along. He's always looked after my Rolls Royces. He did his training at Jack Barclays. He's worked at Foreman on Rolls Royce in the 70s and the 80s uh, um, Jason Bullock at Horsepath Service Station he's fantastic he's a real car enthusiast he looks after pretty much everything now another yeah. guy Stuart Talbot he's a good friend he's a proper car enthusiast that's that's the gaggle um, I've I got frit- I got frightened away from restoration companies uh, in 91 I took my Jensen to a place obviously won't say any names on air but uh, I did have to get some rather large men hmm honky tonk <laughs> uh, hello sailor uh, to, and the police and the police they, were, they were based in ross on wye so beware in that area to get my lovely Mark II Interceptor back I only took it in for a few little minor jobs I yeah. think I lost a couple of grand but I got the car back because they went um, boobies up shall we say <laughs> and uh, that was that was pretty damn scary Yeah, I nearly lost my car I had a guy ring me up not long after had an FF in there and they'd taken 25 grand off him we're talking 30 years ago when 25 grand still a a substantial amount of money now Um, and all he ended up with was a a, you know sandblasted shower it's a shame because these people were actually when they did put their mind to it they could turn some stuff out but they were selling like one Jensen bumper to 10 different people the same one the same bumper you know so that bumper there is owned by 10 people (laughs) (laughs) you know but um, yeah moving on anyway no, no names mentioned so I shan't be going into any restoration jobs yeah. anytime soon. Um, they're, they're, it's, it's just too emotional. It's one, you know, if you've got a big wallet and all the rest of it. I mean, I'm not hard up, but you do have to be patient and all the rest of it. And I'm sure, I'm sure, 99.9% of the restoration companies out there are absolutely fantastic. It's just that small element yeah. that can put you off for life. I mean, I'm talking 30 years later, and I'm still shivering thinking yeah. about it. You know, it's a, it's horrible. Yeah. You think you're going to lose your car? You know, and I literally had to get the police and two rather large chaps who actually in real life wouldn't say boo to a goose, but they looked the part to get this car back. Yeah. You know? So my restoration days started very young and ended very young as well. Yeah. You mentioned Rolls Royce. I mean, the one thing about a Rolls Royce is, I mean, compared to some of the sports cars you mm. own and drive, do you find them nice and relaxing to drive Rolls Royce? I, um, I always think once, yeah, once I mean, you're I've, in them, they're just pleasant to be. I've in. got an old Spur that was owned. He bought it a year old. Was owned by Bernie Winters. Oh yeah, I've got a picture of the car outside the factory in 1983. Bought it a year old. Always a canny Jew, bless him. Let the depreciation knock in there. <laughs> uh, it's the gold as green specification with the gold flying lady. Yeah. But um, I got a lovely picture of Bernie at the works, and I spoke to a guy quite a few years ago that works at um, Crew. Still there, but I mean, and Bernie come one Saturday morning and they, they, they made him a seat cover for, for Snorbits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or Snorkels is a friend of mine. Like, you know Lionel, don't you? Lionel always calls him Snorkel. That's actually the banana splits, but you know, it's, quite, it's quite amusing. But no, that was Bernie's car up until he sadly died. Uh, bought the car at BCA um, six months before Bernie passed away, bless him. But yeah. um, that car is in a little bit of a state now because it's lived outside for quite a long. It's been shunted about and obviously it's an old roll spur and then it's more it's only worth really is in it's amusing history I mean yeah. you can pick these things up for nothing but yeah. as we said earlier it's not about the money 
I think the thing is though, it's like yeah, people you see people. I've built, I've bought a Rolls Royce. I've only given ten grand for it. Yeah. What they don't realise, it will still give you the oh, no, bills they and the like, running costs of a two hundred thousand pound. They're not that car. bad. I mean, the brakes, um, Citroen inspired brakes. <laughs> they're a bit. You've got to make sure you get the right LM fluid, whatever it is in there. I knew a mate of mine in Nigeria. Uh, he's got several Rolls Royces out there, and one of his um, mechanics accidentally put ordinary brake through it. Yeah. So they, they had to, he flew someone out there to flush it all out and try and sort it all out. But it's amazing the damage that yeah. it can cause. Yeah. <laughs> but they're all right. I mean, the engines never go wrong. No. It's, touch wood. Um, they are incredibly well-made cars. They get the worm in them, but uh, much like everything else. But um, no, they're, they're pretty reliable rollers. Yeah. Well, they are. Yeah. Well, they are comfortable. They are. They're lovely old things, and you can have as much fun in an old five grand Bentley A as, as someone that's just spent, you know, three hundred grand. Much yeah. like a lot of this sort of old stuff, you know. And the other thing is, for distance, they are they are a nice, relaxing thing to go they up are. distance. Oh, in. they're lovely. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Joel's just disappeared to get his jacket. He's got a bit chilly. So, but. Um, hey. So, just just, just just talk amongst yourself. Oh, look out, oh, he's, he's back. back. Now. He's back. He's satorially sorted out now. <laughs> so, do you ever think you will lose the passion for buying cars and collecting I cars? I do hope not. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I love cars. And it seems to be getting even worse now. I think with the advent of Facebook, Instagram to a degree, I don't really, I'm not really, I'm on Instagram, but I'm not really... Um, Official Joel Munn, if anybody's listening. We could do one more follower, you know, you've got about three. Uh, Instagram's not so It's not so personal, Instagram. <laughs> it's all a bit sort of like, it's all right if you've got a, if you're a well-endowed young lady, I think. Yes. But, you know, if you're some skinny bloke from Horsepath, it's, you know, you're not really sort of, you're not exactly, I'm not exactly Rihanna, let's put it like that. But um, Facebook's great. Yeah. In the right hands... You know, it is a fantastic medium. I mean, it is wonderful. Yeah. I know a lot of people, you look at them now and they look at you. Facebook, oh, that's all bug day, that's old hat now. But um, I met some fan. I met Christian. Christian yeah. Arnold, who sat with us here today, who kindly invited me here. He's a you know, personal friend of both of theirs. It just... Without Facebook, I wouldn't know Christian Arlen. You know, yeah. I'm scrolling through Facebook one day and a picture of Innes Arlen pops up. Christian Arlen, who can this be? You know, is this his wife or whatever? You know, his widow. And it's his daughter. Yeah. And what a lovely lady she is too. You know, we, we met, um, I don't know, five, six years ago. Yeah. We've got a mutual friend called Jerry Stonnell. Um, he used to own the Mason Arms, the individual Mason's Arms at South Lee, which, and I, 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 I can stick my neck out and say it's the finest drinking establishment. Yeah. Certainly in the UK. Yeah. If not Europe. Yeah. Um, it's not with us anymore. Uh, Jerry's with it, very much with us, but the, uh, the Mason's Arms, he sold it. I oh, sold it, gave it away. I think he sold it for about four hundred thousand or something. But um, it was amazing. Um, vegetarians were banned. Children were banned. Mobile phones were banned. Even though Jerry has now got a mobile phone, but a very old analog thing. Um, you could smoke cigars in there. He was actually his claim to fame. He's got many. He was the first person in the UK to get banned for flaunting the smoking ban. Yeah. Got fined. Fight that the council very craftily sent some people in there. Um, monitoring the place and uh, he got fined five thousand pound but he's he's got such fantastic well-heeled customers yeah uh two of them just wrote out two checks for two and a half grand yeah jerry <laughs> sort, of, sort of thing so that was nice there was another guy in there as a famous um not famous he was a russian sort of billionaire and i think jerry just happened to inquire uh, what a nice uh, breguet watch he had, yeah. had to have on and we call him Sergio just for amusement purposes. Um, his uh, interpreter said, uh, 
when is your birthday, Mr. Yeah. Sonil? It's not particularly Russian, that, but um, <laughs> get the drift. Uh, oh, I don't know, June, something growing. Took the watch off. They are, that's such a nice steak meal. That can't happen very often, you know. Have my Breguet watch, we've had such a nice lunch. That doesn't happen. I hope he doesn't mind me saying that. But um, that was, um, yeah, the Mason's Arms. I've inter- enjoyed interviewing you. Any chance at keys to Aston? Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's actually a Ford Transit key, so yeah. fill your boots, honky tonks. But uh, other makes of van are available, apparently. Yes. <laughs> but that, uh, yeah, mutual friend, Jay, so me and Christiane, we went out for lunch, and uh, Christiane kindly gave me, on the second time we went out, she gave me the actual copy of her dad's um, All Arms and Elbows yeah. uh, that he gave to his father. I mean, that was just heartwarming, and that is... Well, I've she's very really kindly... got a big motoring library, and that is like the, the star well, of... Well, she's very kindly given me a copy. It doesn't quite have the illustrious history of yours, but yeah. she's given me a copy I mean, of it, and it's fascinating. Is, Absolutely. It is fantastic, From, from yeah. the words of a man who yeah. was there, it's it's the guy who was there at the Unbelievable. time. Unbelievable. Writing in his own words. I mean, he, he was the prototype, sort of James... He was James Hunt before James Hunt, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. You know, he endured his drink and... You know, the ladies and that, to a degree, I suppose. It was a little girly, we've got to be careful, <laughs> delicate little ears. But, um, yeah, what a guy. If anybody wonders what the noise behind us is, it's light aircraft towing gliding. Yeah, right on the end of the runway, we have to keep ducking. <laughs> but, I could, we could carry on for a, forever here. But we're not that cruel. But we're not that cruel. <laughs> but, Joel Mutton, thank you ever so That's much right, for joining me on the Backseat Driver Radio yeah. Show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Once again, Joel, thanks very much. Thank you. beaten on price never beaten on service whether it's cars bikes or commercials Hoddy tires are the best in the business and when it comes to tire expertise and advice to supplying the correct tires for your vehicle specific requirements nobody comes close to david lakin and the Hoddy tires team so give them a call on 01200 613 192 or visit the website at hoddytires.co.uk 